Welcome to Charmed Life, a radio show discussing spirituality, magic, and the unconditional love of the universe. Thanks for tuning in. And I'm your host, Trisha Carr. Welcome to this episode of Charmed Life. I'm really excited. Oh my gosh, it's another one that is just beyond my wildest dreams. And I'm super excited to dive in with the guests that we have today. And I just want to tell you before we start that you can watch this program on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Trisha Carr. And you can find it while we're actually live streaming it on Sundays um, uh, at 11 a.m. Pacific. And then, of course, that's where they are housed as a video uh, podcast. Other things I actually post up there as well on my YouTube channel, different kinds of teaching, channel messages and whatnot. And then you can listen on our podcast feed. Find us on any way that you get your podcast. Just search Charmed Life with Trisha Carr. I would love for you to like, subscribe, share, comment, review. Anything that you can do to add your light to this program is so very appreciated. Also, I would love to direct you to my website, trishacarcharm.com. If you go to Mystic Arts Academy, you'll be able to find the classes that I'm offering. And... uh, For example, I have my comprehensive animal communication course, which you can access on demand now and then have the group training when we do that in the fall of 2019. And and one more thing, every twice monthly, I have an intuitive mediumship development class. We have today, actually, I have one after the show. So if you're listening live, you could still join as far as I recall. I think there are still spots available. We will be talking about the July eclipses. Mercury retrograde actually starts today. We're also going to talk about how to live in flow with the lunar cycle, which is living in flow is a part of what we're going to talk about today on this program. And you can join. Some people will be there practicing their reading. So you may snag a reading or you may be able to actually uh, practice reading if that's something that you are doing. And I will coach you in that. Or you, if you are not at the place where you are doing the intuitive or medium readings, then you can just be a part of it and enjoy the light. All right. Now, without further delay, I'm so excited to invite back on the show again. And this is, I believe, her fourth time. I cannot even believe that she's been on even one time. Author and intuitive Penny Pierce. Welcome to the show, Penny. Oh, it's so good to be back. <laughs> we just, I just love spending time with you. And by the way, Penny, you are, you do one-on-one sessions still. Yes, because yeah. I've had a one-on-one session with you. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I, you, you guys, you got to go check out. I can't even believe it when I discovered that you were doing one-on-one sessions because you are an incredible author. You've been such an important part of my journey as a teacher, as um, a mentor, even though, you know, like you through your through your the works that you have published that's you know you've been a mentor to me and, and many other people that I know so but you can actually snag a session with Penny it's crazy <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> I just love that I love that you st- I mean I want to say still doing one-on-one sessions it's something that you you just love to do I assume yes I think it balances me out mm. you know I, it's there's teaching you know it's, I thought about it this way there's some time that you spend just by yourself like writing a book or doing mm-hmm. some kind of creative work yeah. where it's just you in the imaginal realm. Mm-hmm. Then there's one-on-one like relationship kind of work. And mm-hmm. then that's, you know, feeds your soul. And then there's small group work and large group work. And I like to rotate through those, you yeah. know, and if one of them gets missing for too long, I feel really incomplete. Oh, like wow. if there's a spectrum of self that you want to uh, make sure you get all those, those octaves in there. I I so agree. And I actually one time sat with with my, you know, guidance system and said, what is my focus? And I (laughs) outlined it into five things. Like kind of like what you said. It's like one, two, five, 20, one million. Like that's what I (laughs) like. Shoot. Am I supposed to focus more? (laughs) It's a different kind of energy at each focus, too. you know, and Mm -hmm. um, and the the things you get back from it. Mm you know, really round you out, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That actually kind of feeds really well into the one of the topics we wanted to tackle today, and that's the right brain, left brain, because I think that probably, I mean, it, the using those hemispheric types of um, uh, modes of the mind flow in, in each and every one of those, but there may be sometimes is a bit more of when, you, when you're talking about the imaginal realm of the writing, you're pro- kind of pretty much in that right. And then you have to, well, write first, edit later. The editing is the part that becomes very left-brained, I would say. Yeah. So yeah, let's, uh, I would love to, to dive into that. I guess maybe we should first, in case some folks have not really, I've heard about this right brain, left brain thing, but what does that mean? So how would you describe yeah. what those different modalities of the mind are? are? Ah, good, good diagram. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I'm, this is very oversimplified, right, mm -hmm. for brain experts that, you know, <laughs> yeah. but I think we just need to understand it, the brain in a simplistic way in the beginning anyway. Yes. Um, but the, the left, the right brain, let's say, is the, the place where we have no language. Mm -hmm. It is just like a direct immersion into the field of life, the way an animal might be, mm -hmm. you know, like there's no differentiation between anything and there's knowing that's all at once. So uh, sometimes you could call it a field perception if you yeah. wanted, you know. Yeah. Um, and so you get impressions and patterns, and, and but it's experiential mainly. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the left brain then, that's where we kind of separate out and be the observer and look back at things. Mm -hmm. And then we can describe it and we use the language here to kind of drop the frequency of that large thing down enough that we can say it's a such and such and put yeah. a label on it, you know, and, um, and then make meanings. But yes. what happens with the left brain then is it compartmentalizes, it analyzes, it, it defines, and then once it's defined something, it, it feels secure. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't want to change again. You know, so it makes rules. Yes. And we can get very locked down in that. But, you know, you can't really be a human being all the way and live totally in your right brain. Mm -hmm. You know, yes. because I think I forget, I think it was Terrence McKenna said something like um, that the function of the left brain is to interrupt the right brain. Because and, and that's like, give it a focus, Yes. point at something. Mm -hmm. And then that thing comes up and you can look at it and interact with it and make it real. And then reality actually becomes real, Yes. you know, right? Um, so we need our left brain, but we shouldn't identify with it. Do you know what I mean? It's, Absolutely. It's, we are not just that little part of the mind that makes up rules and words and definitions and, and all of that, you know? Um, so... Ideally, what we want to do is rock back and forth and start integrating both sides of the, this is the upper part of the brain, right? The mm -hmm. neocortex, mm -hmm. the left and right hemisphere. Uh, we want to integrate those so that we have an, a, a process, let's say, between accessing accurate, high-level, high-frequency information, which would be let go of the left brain, move over to the right brain, open up kind of formulate your need, you know, or feel your need, you wouldn't, you wouldn't formulate it, you would, you would experience it. Mm -hmm. And then you would start to see what feelings and states of being come to you. And then that passes over to the left brain and you say, aha, it's like a blah, 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 yeah. you know, and you define it. Right. Yes. The, the, the what was coming to me is that the right brain experience is the part of your mind that experiences the story or you might say feels or receives, co-creates. And then the left brain is the part of you that tells the story, organizes the information so that it has structure so that it is. A, it, a, I've said before that we are actually the story of source energy. Be, you know, being a, a manifestation of that limitlessness, there has yeah. to be a story in there. <laughs> Otherwise. Yeah. Well, story is yeah. language. Yes. Again. Exactly. You know, so you can tell when you're in your left brain, if you're talking to yourself in your head mm -hmm. or we're, we're talking now, you know, mm -hmm. um, and in order to go into the right brain, which is intuition, right? Right. You have to stop talking. Yes. You have to go into silence and drop into your body, into your being, into kind of a communion state with the field of energy around you and open up and open up. And, and so you're not praying and talking, I need an answer to this. And you're not talking. Yes. You're having a feeling state, mm -hmm. right? Where, where you just have almost like a need, you know, yes. for more knowledge <laughs> or, yeah. or an answer. An, an opening, yeah, a, a, a yeah. magnetism for it. A magnet, a mm -hmm. magnet really mm -hmm. is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so I think the, the ideal process then would be when you need to know something, don't just go to your left brain yeah. to 
know it because the left brain is actually not in the present moment. And it's yeah. it's where everything has already been created. So if you want something new, right. you don't go that's to where it. things already are. I, I say that that's, that's where we keep things that are already dying, honestly. I mean, they've already, they've already <laughs> materialized. They're but on the way like out. The left brain is in the past. Yes. And so it has a, a great body of knowledge of what has worked before. Mm-hmm. Although that may be totally inappropriate for what's going on in your present moment right now. But if you go there, you will react. When we go yes. into reactionary mode, it's because you went to the left brain to look at the earlier similar kind of things that happened to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and some of them may be absolutely, um, you know, in a way illogical or, it, you know, they don't make sense at all. They're just reactionary things. A dog barked in your face when you were two years old. So now yeah. you don't like anything uh, coming at you too fast or, you know, and it could be, you know, a, a new opportunity in life. And this, and this, when it does that interruption, so let's, if it's the dog barking, if there's a, a fear response or a reaction, reactionary response, it is actually pointing us to back to the place where we want to create the magnetism of the need or the desire, the thing that would be the new kind of fulfillment that we're reaching for. Really, it's like the, the, the right brain is the magnetism of the electromagnetic field, and then the left brain would be the electric, the, re- the, the giving, the, the releasing or the structuring of the electromagnetic field. Yeah, and, that's, that's good. And yeah. they point one to the uh, other, right. Yeah, and I think what you're saying is that if you do go into a reactionary mode, mm-hmm. there's a kind, I think it's like an intuitive skill to notice that that's what you're doing. Yes, you know, when you're going, oops, I'm back in my two-year-old self. Mm-hmm. And re- and then you're you're projecting those old experiences, not only onto the present experiences, but onto the future as well. Yes. You know, so things get very limited when you only work with that one side of the brain. And, um, you know, and then, I mean, it gets worse because we are so analytical and detailed and, and logical in our society today you know and we revere science and Mm -hmm. and academia and so a lot of times people will not trust anything that doesn't have proof Mm -hmm. you know that really isn't rigorous as they say (laughs) you know Um, and when that happens then you cut off your intuition which means you cut off any um, just right perfectly appropriate information that would come into right now that would answer the, meet the situation perfectly, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and science and, happens, well, the way it makes advancements is by being in that right brain, in the chaos, and right. where it's not I mean, defined. All, all good scientists mm-hmm. and creative people always are accessing that right brain. Mm-hmm. Some of them do it, you know, the big breakthroughs yeah. through Tesla. somebody was dreaming, yes. you know, and they had, they dreamed about the, uh, Ouroboros, you know, this mm-hmm. snake biting its tail, and then that showed them something about how energy worked or some invention, you know. And um, yeah, as soon as you can let go of the of that strong, and you know, the the other thing about the left brain is it's it's about willpower. Mm-hmm. Because and it's it thought, also, because will is thought. So again, if we're thinking about maybe right. the feeling or you know raw emotional kind of magnetism, be becomes more defined with a thought, the language, again, the language. Yeah. So willpower is kind of, again, redoubling down on the language or the, the created structure. But yes, the exactly. willpower. Uh-huh. And I think it relates also to the fact that in the left brain, you separate from the unified field from the right brain. Yes. And it's a function that allows us to be conscious and have self-consciousness and individuality. So that's important, but it also causes isolation, you know, where we get in our individuality so much that we perceive ourselves as separate from our goals or the future Mm -hmm. or the past or, you know, all these things we could project out to, we see as separate. And then we feel like often if the world isn't agreeing with us, that we're going to have to do everything all by ourselves. Mm Mm-hmm. And then that leads to a very strong emphasis on willpower. Like, okay, nobody's going to help me out there in the world. You know, I have to do it alone. I can do it, you know, (laughs) and pump up your your strength and and, uh, domination. 
And then we get into a, a, a bad place of wanting to force the field, force our will on the field, but yeah. the field will then correct us because it's yeah, yeah, it's right. unified. You it's know, what I mean? backfire one way or another. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think this all leads to, you know, if you get so used to working from the left brain only, mm-hmm. and you don't even, of course, we all go into the right brain, but we do it unconsciously. Mm-hmm. Yes, and of course, we do it when we sleep, mm-hmm. but. Um, but we don't notice when we space out, right. which is often where we're accessing material in that higher field. Um, but when you're so much in the the left brain, you start to identify with the left brain and you think you are that or you are like that. And that's where ego comes in, I think. Yes. And you know, too much left brain identity and you become the ego. Right. And then too much ego and you become narcissistic. Yes. You know, and and I don't think we all understand that well what narcissism is, but um, it's basically this feeling that I am really separate from the rest of the world and no one loves me, so I'm going to have to be clever, you know, smart, good looking, powerful, rich, blah blah blah. You know, all these athletic and everything, and um, so then they will like me. Mm-hmm. And then they developed a lot of charm to get people to come in and get connected to them and win them over. But basically, it's all about the fact that I want the outer world to agree with the way I have things set up. Mm-hmm. In that right? and it, in that space of of thought, so it's you know very limited and and depending on things that are again already yeah. dying. So it's not satis- It's never satisfying. No. And, you know, and the, and the fact is, it's exhausting, because when you are, you know, you have to do it all. And you have to make other people agree with you constantly. Mm-hmm. And of course, when with narcissism, if people don't agree with you, they do a couple of things, they'll get extremely charming and try to, you know, win you over. You know, I always think of Trump with this, because, you know, so oh, we're all thinking, we're all thinking the second great everything is and it's all wonderful, yes. you know, and, yeah. and uh, charming, charming things back into play. And if, if that doesn't work, then they will get mad and, and try to intimidate people back into, you know, sort of submission and agreement. And if that doesn't work, they will really go ballistic and they will get rid of people. They will abandon people mm-hmm. out of their lives with not a second glance, mm-hmm. you know, and because I, I really feel like I've learned a lot about this, but I feel like narcissists do not know what love is. Yeah. They equate love with agreement. Yes. You know, so if you don't have the agreement, you're you know, basically you start to go into a kind of a terrified state. Like I'm, I'm going to go in the void and I'll be nothing, you know, right. and, and actually this equates back I'm sorry, I'm on a rant here, but go, go back to, <laughs> to um, the process we all are going through in spiritual growth, which mm-hmm. is ego death. Yes. The ego is not the boss, mm. right? You know, it has to be the servant, the implementer of all the stuff that the right brain and soul and the intuition brings in as content then the left brain says, okay, let's do that. I can make that happen. But then let go of it at the end after you've finished it, you know, and go back to the left, to the right brain again to get more good stuff. The left brain is is the assistant. It's meant to be the one in the passenger seat to, you know, it's not the, it's not the boss. It doesn't have anything new. It doesn't have new information. It doesn't, no, it's really, you know, as much as it thinks it has to do everything itself, I think it operates off of this idea that I never know enough. Right. Yes. And it doesn't I, I, because it's not its job. Right? Its right. job is to receive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you can just see this being becoming very, very visible through politics right now in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not trying to judge anybody, but I think no, it's no. fascinating that we are getting in touch with um this overuse of the left brain perception and its limitation Mm -hmm. while right now we're starting to go into the intuition age out of information, which is linear, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we're opening into the right brain perception and how those two are going to merge now. And, um, I think it's educational if nothing else, you know? Yes, absolutely. And with the, 
it's like the power is in the awareness between the two functions. Because when we're in the space of receiving and then we're moving it over into the creator of language or the one that gives form to it, the right to the left, being in that position and then paying attention to the left brain throwing up those flags and saying, this wants awareness, this, there's, this is looping, this is looping. There's a reason mm-hmm. it's looping is because it wants to have a deepened awareness around it, which we can only find again in that space of the, what we call the right brain function. Yeah. So there's power yeah. there in that apex. I think little there apex. is quite a skill in mm-hmm. learning to do this figure eight flow yes. back and forth so that we don't get stuck either place. Because mm-hmm. if you're too in the right brain, you can't access anything. You know, so yeah, let's talk about that. How, being stuck in the, in the Yeah, in the astral, you know. And I think we, yeah. we get a little, we have a little bit of that hypnosis, but it's an unconscious kind. We're talking about when you're stuck, it's an unconscious kind of non-grounded, hyp- hypnotic, hypnoidal, and I think some of that may have to do with what we're doing with our devices and our technology. We're just diving in there unconsciously, and now we're in an imaginal world where we're not actually, you know, in a proper receiving mode. We're kind of in this, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Shallow, yeah. Yes, it, shallow. That's a good point. That's mm-hmm. a really good point because I think, um, you know, the devices are extremely left-brained mm-hmm. in the way they function. And yet they're providing a service, which is kind of strange. It's like a sense of belonging or Mm -hmm. an instantaneous connectedness Mm -hmm. that people crave. Um, But that's, you know, it's an artificial way of getting that. Because if you just close your eyes and get quiet, you can start to feel into the the field, which where everything's interconnected. Every every molecules passing in and out of every other molecule. You know, it's a Everything, really, because the molecules, uh, what, what do you want to say, the atoms kind of bounce out and go into no form, and then they yes. come back, and they may be in, you know, on the other side of the planet, right. you know, so everything is connecting to everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's and the urge. This one big consciousness. Yeah, and that's the urge. It, it is very much, it's artificial, like you said, it's sort of like... Uh, taking a drink or drugs or something to to release your inhibitions, which is what they we think about, or to get into a false sense of relaxation or an artificially imposed nervous system depression, so that we can be out of the stress, you know, fight flight kind of function. But again, it's it's not true. It's not a real. It's not a a profound experience. It's not a, a full whole experience, as it is. So when we dive into through the left brain kind of function of the device and the technology with the urge to connect it's actually artificial and so again it's never satisfying and that's how we dump hours into something like that we didn't even and got nothing from it for the most part yes yes it's it's like you're giving the responsibility for your experience of connectedness to the machine yes you know, and, and the, and the then, imaginal and world of, of Instagram or something, you know, just the imagination diving right. into it. And it's not it's that's why we spend so much time. There. It's like or another example that's coming up is when you're hungry, eating a bag of Cheetos and you're still hungry at the end of it. <laughs> but you have had too many calories. <laughs> right. That's true. But now I see, um, you know, a lot of young people that I know are getting um, meditation apps. Oh, yes. Yeah, right. I'm on Insight because. Timer. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I put meditations up on Insight Timer. I'm a, I'm a teacher on Insight yeah, Timer. Yeah, but I mean still to, that you have to have your phone and an app in order to get into this state. Yes. Right? Yeah. That you can't just learn to do it under your own steam, mm-hmm. plain and simple, you know, open to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the direction we're going to head eventually, that there will be a backlash about AI and all this stuff. But um, right now, I think it's running concurrently. Mm. And and I do think you're right that it it frustrates the uh, actual entry into the right brain. Right. And and that right brain is just kind of like a little doorway, you know, into spirit, if you will. Yes. You know, into that, that realm of unified consciousness, we call it spirit, or it could be like the collective consciousness Mm -hmm. or the the big soul that, you know, the huge, big unified soul or something. Um, But that's what, when we start feeling depressed and separate and isolated, it's that we're separated from that experience, Mm -hmm. not actually from other people. 
but from that experience. And we're hoping the other people will be like the meditation app. You know, <laughs> they'll give us <laughs> the experience of connectedness. Mm -hmm. But actually, you, you don't find that really until you get it yourself. Oh, that's so trite, you know. But, um, you know, you can try to have a relationship to give you all of that. But in the end, the other person's not connected. You won't get it from them, you know, if right. they don't have the inner connection. And what it comes down to is, well, like the left brain being a tool. And it's interesting that you're talking about like using meditation apps or using guided meditations that are basically a language. It's, it's, it's a speaking of the experience of meditation. And that is actually a tool. And I, when I'm t t you know, teaching students, teaching people to meditate, I say it's great, do guided meditations, and especially as you're starting your practice. But really, we want to be able to do it without any tools because it's yours. You know, w we wouldn't want to be addicted to it. And I recently yeah. had a client who was talking about her meditation practice. And we were talking about how she, she was a little bit um, – she, she has so much knowledge. She's read so many books, and she's done all the – and then – and it's kind of like time to put down those tools and just start being. And she's like, I have so many meditations to do and I haven't done yet. And I'm like, oh, hold on. <laughs> meditation isn't a to-do list. When, right, right, I didn't right. realize when she said I had them to do, I just saw them stacked up like books to read or things right, to check off on a right, list. I'm like, no, right, no. Right. it's really interesting. And so right. the, the real the point of the tool is to get you to the that that connection to the limitless place, which is yours entirely and, and, and not beholden to any other tool. The tool is meant to be the trigger or the, yeah. the, the, the door that, you know, Absolutely. the instigator, you know, and, and really that connection place is like, just, I always think of it just a hair of a turn to the left or right. Mm -hmm. And you can be in that space. Yes. You know, it's just right there. It, it doesn't require a lot of rigmarole to get there. But <laughs> I mean, like you said, we use, we use like card readers or something. Mm -hmm. They'll, you know, look, use cards or throw the bones or whatever. And, and then they learn, oh, I, I already know that. So mm -hmm. I don't really have to use the interpretation skills to understand what I'm seeing because mm -hmm. I already get what the message is, you know. Yes. So, so they could be uh, there to enhance. Things, mm -hmm. tools can be there to enhance too when you get to that place. So there's nothing wrong with the tools. That's, that's, a, that's awesome. Um, and whether we're talking about well, you're like literally in the divination tools or something like that. But that's yeah. another thing that I do when I'm working with students developing their intuition. I'm like, yeah, start working with cards, with the oracle cards, because it's basically just a book with the pages torn out. And then you're just kind of seeing how you're intuiting this relationship of the information that's coming to you, working with energy and the, that whole attractiveness. But then after a while, do your, you know, do your feeling of it, do your intuiting of it, and then pull the card and then that's a right. second step where you can see the tool supports you and you can see that it really is my own magic it is my own doing that not doing but being that is experience the experiencer yeah yeah rather yeah, than I, getting ready than getting addicted to it again like we are with our technology <laughs> exactly uh -huh. exactly i guess maybe that's another a bit of a symptom of a left brain addiction yeah. is that with the left brain addiction we are defining things we're getting ideas and that becomes a meaning and then we make a definition of that and then we make a rule of that and that becomes like a thing you know yes. just like we say okay this is a table and uh you know it'll keep being a table mm -hmm. for quite a while and i can count on that being there because the left brain i think really likes after a while it likes security mm. after it starts making all these definitions um, then it wants to them just kind of stay that way. Yes. And so that works against us in terms of growth because, you know, uh, anytime you want to try a new thing or go beyond your comfort zone, the left brain will suddenly feel threatened or that kind of consciousness will feel threatened and will start to spew out a lot of negative declarative statements. Yes. You know, well, I don't know how to do that or I'm scared of heights or I'm like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Labels. Yeah. goes on it goes on and um, and so it tries to keep you from starting anything new and so I think one of the good ways to, people always are talking about how they feel stuck right now mm. you know and I say well what are your negative declarative statements that your left brain is saying that's actually not you it's right. not you 
Right. You might have inherited this from parents or from society. Uh, you know, like it's not if you're a woman, it's not or a girl, it's not good to be too big, too loud, too too aggressive, too powerful, too blonde. Yeah. <laughs> Just to, <laughs> yeah, right. you have to watch the video. Penny and I are both quite blonde. <laughs> <laughs> that came out very big for me when I went went to Japan in my early thirties. Oh, I'll bet. Yeah. Oh, they could. I could never know anything. I was too, you know, too young and all that. But oh. anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so you you get those those ideas, mm-hmm. and and then when you start to grow, you're um, challenging those ideas, and of course they come up, and when those ideas come up, you know, out of the subconscious really, or out of the suppressed area of your mind, um, then they start to act out mm-hmm. in real life, yes. and you get an experience that sort of revalidates that to you if if you let it. Because that's the order you've placed with the universe. <laughs> that's the order you've placed with the field. That's right. That's, right. that's <laughs> what you believe. That's that's your set of instructions yeah. to the unified field, right? Yes. And uh, yeah, so so that's what you get. So the I am is actually the the creator. It's the powerful. I, I uh, last night as I was falling asleep, I was thinking of the 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 Bible verse that Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one gets to the Father except through me. And as I feel that, not that, you know, that's just, again, a tool. <laughs> I'm not a religious person. But I really, I feel the wisdom there if we take that statement, and it is the I am, the function of I am is the way, the truth, and the light. So if it is, I am afraid of heights, we've taken this big, limitless, powerful creator essence, and we've put it in the limitation of this other yeah. thing. And then, yeah, very small experience. Yes, and and you know what? And when I when people ask me sometimes because you know I I love mysticism and it's to me that's an art form and it's an inspira it's a way to jump off into inspiration, and so someone says do you oh do you believe in angels or do you believe in whatever you know spirits something like that. And so I like to actually just try not to identify I believe because it's a kind of putting the I am into something. I try to say, well, my experience has been or is or because I want my beliefs to be super malleable, you know. Well, you don't want to have beliefs at all, actually. True. Exactly. I the think, beliefs are I the, think, just you know, language. That's the left brain locking down an observation into yes. a rule. Mm-hmm. And then people are proud of their beliefs. You right. know, They defend them. Yes. But really... Um, What's inside of a belief is is an experience. Mm-hmm. Everything boils down to an experience at the end, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know. So, what is the experience that you really want to have? And then you need to have language describe that experience accurately. Yes. So, the- know, and don't use words that limit, you know, the way you can have experiences. Right. Right. And beliefs, um, they tend to be like, because they are, I love the way that Abraham Hicks defines, calls beliefs, thoughts that you just keep thinking. And so I would like those, I like <laughs> thoughts to be, again, if, if beliefs, well, we all have beliefs, beliefs to be malleable, because I want to think a new thought about, I have one thought, and then the next thought I have surrounding that topic, I would like it to be new, <laughs> you know, because it's right. re- Well, you can fresh. say it's like my observations are, or yes. my, you know, Experience. what I've noticed is, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't have to lock it down. I think that's one way we can really help ourselves get out of left brain addiction is mm-hmm. notice what you're noticing. Notice the way you're talking, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of words you're using and make an attempt at shifting your language a lot so that you don't use the word belief or you, I, I don't like the word intention. Oh, you know, really? To the point where that is, because um, that is futurizing something and it's also using willpower to try to get something to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's postponing it by putting it in the future. Mm. Whereas the real powerful word is attention. Yes. That is in the present moment. And so when you're talking about um, wanting something, for instance, a goal or a desire, you could just say, I'm, I want, mm-hmm. I'm interested in, mm-hmm. I'm curious about this. And I want the experience of this. Like I want a new computer. Well, I want the actually the experience of greater scope or knowledge or skills that the the computer would give me. 
And so we yeah. place place the awareness or yes, awareness or attention upon that, so that we can call in the feeling state, which is, of course, we know that's, that's how it. that's how the things actually become the things is the feeling state that we're maintaining with our attention. Mm-hmm. That's right, and that feeling state really is you place attention on something and really keep your attention on it. Like, let's say you want more clients. Mm-hmm. Why do you want more clients? For the money? No, not really. It's you not sustainable. <laughs> want it because yeah. it's fun. Yes. Yeah. Money is fun, <laughs> too. People. So when and you think no of people. money, the reason... The yeah, yeah, yeah. Money I'm not is, putting money down. Oh, of course not. Yeah. But, but I'm saying that... Get to the um, underneath of it. If money is the first the thing you say. Want? Yes. The soul wants an experience. Mm-hmm. And money is not exactly an experience. It, the body... They don't, body doesn't care about money because it's boring. Yes. But what it brings, what you can do with it, those kinds of things are good motivators for the body. And that you place attention on something, you keep your attention on it, you move. The more you put attention on something, the closer and closer and closer you get to it. And then it starts revealing layers of itself to you. And pretty soon you merge with it. Right? Through attention. Mm -hmm. You can start feeling into and then you get what you said, that feeling state. And then you know it with your body as though it is normal mm-hmm. and in the present moment. And as soon as you kind of get that, the universe sort of lines up, you know, mm-hmm. and you get synchronicities and, and, you know, stuff that happens. And suddenly there you have it. Things come yeah. into, the, into form to that- match that inner experience magically and that's actually the reason that i named this program charmed life part of it is is because of having experiences where i just lined up in my feeling state and then it showed up even in a negative sense that was it it was it was just feedback i was like i created this oh my wow so we just created by just like absolutely having a clear frequency about it frequency is the name of one of your books and (laughs) so if we have that static going on in the frequency if we're walking around with anxiety and guilt and frustration those are all like duplicitous kinds of feeling states how do you suggest what do you i know we have tons of suggestions so what what how, how, how do people it's, you know, and of course, the walking around then saying, I don't have time and all of this kind of stuff, which is, again, a creation of that left brain function. So what do folks do about that? What do we do about it with those frustrating and anxious and all of those feelings that we're walking around with, with the confused, staticky yeah. <laughs> feeling state? Yeah, well, I think, first of all, you you have to have a goal to have a certain kind of feeling state that you live within that you really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I call that your home frequency. Mm-hmm. But um and you have to know it in comparison to those other states that you were just describing about being mm-hmm. anxious or distracted or fragmented or, yeah. you know, self-doubt and depression and all those things. All of them. And uh, you know that I'm I'm off of my crosshairs. I'm not in my state when I start to get like, you know, kind of freaked out or my heart's pounding or something's going on that I'm in fear. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't have to stay there. I can breathe and slowly remember the state I like mm-hmm. and come back and get recentered in that. Mm-hmm. But you have to want it. Yeah. A lot of people, because they're in the left brain and addicted there, that is that those statements are running you. Yes. You say, Oh, I don't have time. Oh, I've got to do this, or oh, I can't do that, or you know, I just I'll never get out of this. You know, like victim statements. Yes. Um, and then those run you until you catch one of them and saying, why am I saying that? You know, look at this statement that I'm using to create my reality right mm-hmm. now. And everybody will get to that point at some point and realize, hey, wait a minute, I'm, re- I'm responsible for the way I feel. Yes. You know, that's, it's, you know, what am I trying to say? It's like nobody else can make you feel good unless you want to feel good. Yes. And they can't make you feel bad if you don't want to feel bad. Right. So your responsibility, and that's not a negative heavy word. It's like, that's what you get to control. It's your ability to respond. You have that. To respond, Mm -hmm. yeah. To be the way you want to be. Mm -hmm. That then creates everything else, (laughs) right? Yes. That's that seek ye first the kingdom within thing. Mm -hmm. You know, then all else is added. You can't get it out there. You start the frequency and the state in here, which is going back to the brain thing. Yeah. That's the balanced brain. Mm. 
right? The Where you're using all of yourself, not just one half or one third or whatever. You're using all of it in its own time. Everything's connected. And yet there's always that center point where you can just drop right back in. I call it the center of your ball, you know, yeah. like you're in the yes. middle of a sphere all the time. Um, and, you know, when you get to that place, then you think clearly. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. it's interesting that you just brought up the seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be added unto you as well is because the last probably week or so that's been often on some of the kind of my mantra getting me into my meditation is the kingdom of heaven is within you know find it find it be with yeah. it and and not too long ago a couple of weeks ago I was feeling frustrated about something it was probably technology <laughs> it was like messing up and I was so frustrated and I was frustrated with myself for it and I was like, okay, I'm going to have to close the doors and meditate. And it was like, I, I, it was so fast. It was like three seconds and I was in that kingdom of heaven and everything felt okay. And all of it melted away. And instantly the knowing or being about how that could serve me or whatever, you know, why it was created or how in all in the positive sense, all of the feedback coalesced into being. And it was, it was so instant. And I was like, oh, that's right. That's where it is. <laughs> it you know, whenever amazing. I get... When I start to get back into that state after I haven't been in it for a while, everything starts to seem funny. Yes, it, it's oh, totally. Like it's the cosmic joke, you know, and then <laughs> I, I just remember how joyful but actually funny yeah. a lot of things are. And, um, uh, you know, and it, it's, I think, how did I forget that? You totally, know, every time. It got so heavy and serious, you know. It's kind of like a little kid getting frustrated with their play tools. And it, you don't want to laugh at them to their face, but it's cute. And that's how you kind of observe yourself. Like, oh, you silly thing. How did you forget? <laughs> I remember I had a dream, a really powerful dream once, uh, where these very tall alien beings were there. They, and they had taken on um, disguises mm-hmm. uh, as different kinds of people. Mm. Uh, like you know, a circus performer and a, different fun, fun, and they were in, entertaining themselves as um, different kinds of people. Mm. And they were working with me, and I was standing next to two women who were, you know, here I am, my normal height, and they were like seven feet tall. Mm. And I said to them, "Gee, I just feel so stupid, you know, compared to you. You know, like I don't know anything." And they looked at each other, and then they they looked at me and. Or no, they said to each other, oh, isn't she cute? She's pretending to be human. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. It's like, like, oh, man. I think of that every now and then. It's like we have to remember who we really are, you know, out beyond all of this. You know, that's so awesome. She's pretending to be human. <laughs> and I've I've actually had. Yeah, I, I remember re- recalling when I'm doing like I like to channel classes like and I, I, I connect with this, the concept of there being archangelic energies. And and so I remember I don't remember what particular energy it was, but kind of saying how genius we were that we could pretend that we could create an illusion that that's what we all are that's pretty brilliant because it's not it's so untrue that that's all that we are at least and it's pretty cool and brave as well very very brave to pretend that you're human (laughs) i know but i mean that also puts you in touch with the fact of how amazing the imaginal realm really is and that we are these imaginal realm beings that Mm -hmm. can think up anything Mm -hmm. Another dream I had once was I was I was someone was showing me a a bed frame uh, and a headboard that was carved minutely with all these figures like teeny weeny things and I looked at it and it was my life oh. all the events of my life that were done in um, you know bas relief and it went on and on and on and on and it was like and I went wow who did that and. Then I realized I did. I made that up in a second in my dream. Wow. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we are so amazingly creative. They just have that one thought and the whole thing came into existence. Can unfold that way. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about those dream zones and interpreting symbols, (laughs) right? And and how how we can consciously use those dreams. First of all, I want to say a lot of people say I don't dream. And two things about that, there may be a biological reason for that. You may not be getting enough sleep, and so you're sleeping very, very hard. But second of all, it is a muscle. And so just to kick kick off the conversation a little, it's a muscle. So we start to 
open ourselves up to it and also start to open yourself up to bringing it in through to the wake the awake state by yeah. uh, you know charting it writing it journaling it we've been talking about mm -hmm. you know it's like we're accessing dreams with the right brain mm -hmm. and you do it during the day too we Absolutely. daydream yes you know, we have visions and all that we go into we hypnosis in different ways yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and we're bringing it through and making it you know getting the meaning from it but mm -hmm. you know i have a book um it's an ebook it's called be the dreamer not the dream oh cool okay where, and it is basically the idea that we have 24-hour consciousness mm -hmm. you know we don't just go unconscious when we go to sleep we're like maybe even more conscious in yes. a way mm -hmm. uh, and that we travel in and out through frequencies during mm -hmm. the night but also during the day you know yes. but at night you can think of it as a little bit a little easier to imagine in a way that depending on what kind of dream you're having you might go through these dream zones which are simply frequency levels mm -hmm. You know, the physical frequency level, this zone we're dreaming in right now, you know, is a kind of a dense one. Yes. Slower, slower frequency energy. But then as you go out at night, you pass through these other zones. Mm -hmm. I mean, you literally, your consciousness moves through. Yes. And so you might go through the emotional dream zone and that emotional dream zone has the lower and a higher level. You know, it has the astral plane where mm -hmm. a lot of disturbed beings are. Mm -hmm. And it's very upsetting to go through there. You might dream of swamps or, you know, crazy stuff. Uh, but then the higher level of the emotional is the electromagnetic, you know, where you can have love and motivation and, and uh, you know, attraction and, and all kinds of things. Uh, but then you move maybe more into the mental, and that has a lower and a higher too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Negative thinking and beliefs, limitation thoughts, and then inspiration and visions and guidance. And you go out into the spiritual and, and then you, you end up in realms where you, you see guidance from enlightened beings, you know, yes. or the Akashic records of the planet, future events, you know. So those are all frequency levels. There's nothing really very weird about it, you know. And when you are meditating, you go to those same realms. Right. But the symbols that we receive or the feeling states that when we come back to the body and wake up, we have to symbolize somehow. That's like a, a language, like mm -hmm. a translation language, you know, from these very abstract things we've been doing mm -hmm. that are purely right brain experiential. They have to come back through some kind of feeling state and then you get the meaning and then they're in your left brain and you describe it and you write it in your dream journal, you know, or whatever, you know. Um, but it's fun to see what are we doing at night. Yes, when we're not limited by so much by the left brain. And the reason we're not is because we aren't we aren't as identified. Our attention isn't as much upon the body because the consciousness is lightening up from it. We put the right. body, and, the brain. And we're not yeah. stuck. Yeah, and the the body for sure, but also the um, the left brain. Mm -hmm. It's exactly. good. Right. We go beyond that, and then we're free to yes. fly, you know, to um, swim, to, to do things that you, you're not allowed to do in physical reality. Right. You know, and, um, and learn things, too. Go visiting. Go, you know, it's instantaneous travel, and you know, it's so much fun. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And again, that's what it's the same state as same, same thing we can access with meditation, because as you're talking about the different frequencies, we, we see that in a, a biofeedback kind of an experience with the brain waves. The brain waves actually are we have them categorized into different speeds of high yeah. and low. And mm -hmm. we do that with in our meditation as well. We go to, you know, go we go from beta to alpha and then we go a little we can go deeper into trance yeah. states that are more delta and theta. And that's yeah. that's the and we yeah. do that in sleep we, exactly. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, we we definitely move out through alpha, and we will go through cycles through mm -hmm. the night of you know theta and delta, mm -hmm. and then back and in and out, and those are correspond with REM sleep, you mm -hmm. know, and when you're dreaming. Yes. You know, and the, I think those correlate with what I was calling dream zones. Yes, exactly. That's what I was hearing, the, the dream zones. Yeah. So sort of correlating with those different, uh, upon the spectrum of frequencies that we can, of consciousness that we can experience. And just the tool of the physical brain, we can, again, observe that there are these different frequencies that we're emitting. And that, I think that correlates to 
going into the higher and the lower speeds of these right. dimensions right. or zones, you may call it. Because I think we go wherever we want to go, mm -hmm. you know, in consciousness. <laughs> we're free, pretty much. Yes. yes. Except when we're waking, we're, we're awake, we have rules, you know, and then mm -hmm. we don't let ourselves go into these places. Right. Except when you start to become more intuitive, you free yourself to be able to access more of those realms and the realities of those realms because they're not fictitious. They're That's not, what you start right. learning. Is that it's all real. It's all real. Yeah. Everything. You can't imagine non-reality. We can't imagine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually quoting Bashar, channeled by Daryl yeah. You cannot imagine a non-reality. And um, the non-physical or the potential always precedes the actual. So the potential is right. at least as real. It's more real in, in some, from some perspectives. And so the potential or the attention state is that imaginal, is the, the feeling state where we're talking about there, but it is the experience. It's the only thing that is because then when the thing shows up, the event or the physical expression of it, it's about the feeling state. That's the whole point. Yeah. That's why I think attention is probably the most powerful skill we can have now and mm -hmm. develop now because it directs the flow of the way our reality materializes. Attention and, feels um, like that, that PowerPoint between observing what the left brain may be kicking up or how it can be yeah. funneled into and then, and then directing the right brain. That's what it feels like when you talk about attention Absolutely. to me. Yeah, mm -hmm. and becoming one with the moment. Mm -hmm. Yes. So then that empowers the flow. And the flow to me is the collective consciousness of all beings mm. evolving together. Yes. You know, and that includes trees and insects and, mm -hmm. you know, plants and everything um, that we are all helping each other evolve. Yes. And if you stop the flow with negative thinking or too much left brain activity or whatever, uh, then you don't serve other people. Yes. You don't help the flow and then it can't help you either. So you have to learn to trust that openness that the flow will bring you exactly what you need next because everybody's voting for you because mm. you know, they, mm -hmm. they need you they need you yes yeah um, and and so i think then that we need to trust dreams as well because if there's anything that's stuck in our subconscious mind uh, or too much in the left brain or whatever those things will be brought up to the surface when we're not so um dictatorial mm. you know like when you're awake your left brain pushes down the fear stuff that you don't want to have to experience because it would be threatening yes and so we have a lot of suppression and denial going on and righteousness and i have to believe that control and all that during waking hours at night that's gone mm. so all this stuff's floating around you know and you put your attention on it and it comes close to you Yes. Now you can engage with it, and if you stay in it, you can you can work it through, and complete the thing, and see the other side of it, and it'll dissolve. Mm. You know, and you can do that when you're awake too by meditating into these things. But I think dreams often are very helpful in in accelerating the clearing process. The clearing process, yes, and I, some, I'm, I'm in a hypnotherapy college, and we talk yeah. about the dreams that you have, especially in the morning, the, those are the ones you tend to remember, that a yeah. lot of the time, if not most or portions of those dreams are venting. So it's actually what the work you've already done. Now, if it becomes a recurring dream, it's because you're not allowing yourself to move your attention beyond it. And we yeah. sometimes think like, well, that it's, it's a, some kind of doomsday thing that's coming, you know, because I... <laughs> thought about you know losing my job or I thought about cheating on my partner and know that those are you venting those experiences those fears mm -hmm. and if you bring your attention around it and wrap it with acceptance and integration then then you've moved you're allowing yourself to move beyond it like an really example useful. is I used to have a, a repeating dream of dying by falling oh. and I would like be in the back seat of a car that was going to crash but it would end up going over a cliff or you know just all these different things and I wasn't you know really repeated <laughs> until I had one of my first readings from a woman who read the Akashic Records and told me about my last lifetime where I died by sleepwalking out a window oh no like an old, old and I was an old man in that life and mm -hmm walked off the you know how in the east 
coast they often have roofs over their porches mm. their screen porches and windows up on the hall above mm -hmm. and somehow went out that walked right off the end of the thing as soon as i had that that knowledge and it popped in my head like oh my gosh i had one more dream where i was falling out of a tree in slow motion going through the stages of dying by falling how you oh look what's happening to me oh no no that's not really happening to me oh yes it is happening oh this is going to be bad you know blah, 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 you know boom and <clears throat> but it was like i got to process it consciously yes and they all stopped wow that's amazing so somehow the inner world of the dreams and what was actually had happened that i didn't complete previously because i didn't have time <laughs> to do it um came back so that I could re-experience it, but I had to have the outer world give me a re you know, reaffirmation of the, of what was true mm -hmm. before the inner finished. Yes. And I, I figure that that woman who gave me that information, she was part of the whole plan to help me out, you know, mm. what a so beautiful we get story. what we need. Yes. Everything that is offered to us is what we need. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I call it, uh, as you were talking about the, uh, the, the field, basically, and the, the, the system of all of the, the, the collective beings, the collective consciousness, I call it the ecosystem is a way that I think about it because I oh, like wow. to, rem because nature, we, I think we all understand nature, even if we aren't farmers, we get it because we are oh, nature. Yeah. So we understand it. And I think that's why maybe Jesus did use nature to teach and all of the the teachers were saying you're supposed to use these dusty scrolls and he's like but they get seeds you know <laughs> like we all get seeds this is more universal yes you know, and so that's yeah. why so i say the ecosystem because when the seed i actually put a a meditative journey on my youtube channel recently called i am I, I am a seed i am a seed in the earth's soil and as that seed has that information inside their home frequency as you call it and it feels its own home frequency more then it actually starts to express and send a signal out and then the ecosystem sends it the nutrients that it that it's calling for that it requires so that it can be the yep. flower or the whatever it's going to be the offering to the mm -hmm. ecosystem and that's the truth of what we are and that's why the home yeah. frequency is expending time in that home frequency is so important it's important and i just was flashing as you were talking about the seed it's like Almost at any stopping point where you think about yourself at whatever level you're at, that's a seed. Yes. Of the next level. Right. You know, and but it's always that home frequency, that that soul vibration mm -hmm. that is the hidden information. Yes. You know, and it's there's always more. You mm -hmm. know, there's so much potential in us mm -hmm. that um, I, I, you know, I can't imagine getting depressed and committing suicide because then I wouldn't find out what's in there that I, I could be doing or being, mm. you know, I wouldn't, if I just lived another week longer, you know, maybe <laughs> I could find out more. Yes. And, uh, you know, so life is just like this constantly un unfolding kaleidoscopic thing. That's to me, it's just so amazing. It is so amazing. And what else is amazing is that I think we're over time besides being out of time. <laughs> Oh, gosh, I feel like it's been five minutes. <laughs> I know. That always happens. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I mean, but I could just talk to you for for hours and hours, and it's such an honor to be able to connect with you. Do you have some workshops or anything, books or anything that you would like to share that are coming up, and some things that folks can yeah, yeah connect well, with you, know, you on? My latest book is called Transparency. Yes. And it is, you know, I have four books now that are part of this transformation series that, um, you know, intuitive way, frequency, leap of perception, and now transparency. Yes. And, you know, it's all, every one of them is like a next step beyond the first, the previous one. Mm -hmm. They're all amazing. Um, yeah. And so that, and then I just finished the first round of a course called Become an Expert Intuitive, which we'll probably repeat mm. and do more modules for. Um, and that can be found uh, on your website? That's something that's on demand? Yeah. And I'm just having a new website pretty soon. Another week or so, it'll be all redesigned and new stuff on there. So, Oh, that's so exciting. Keep checking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Become an expert intuitive. Is that the name of the mm -hmm. program? Yep. And it's uh, something that can be accessed on demand. and It, it should be soon. Yeah. Okay. Great. Good. Oh, yeah. I, can't, I can't wait. I'm going to go check that out. And I can't wait to see your new website. Isn't it exciting to get a brand new fresh? It's like a fresh outfit. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, yeah. It's like, you know, lose your old self and yeah. and re 
rethink the the kind of energy you want to put out and the scope and mm-hmm. all of that you know like and i all, said the seed is sprouting yeah. <laughs> all the colors of that home frequency are starting to out picture it's really uh-huh. cool yeah uh-huh okay yeah. well well again we're gonna get on a thing again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And your website is pennypierce.com. All of yes. the information about how you can connect with Penny and her website is right there in the show notes or the description, however you are accessing this program. And I just, again, thank you so much for all of the work that you do on our beautiful world, Penny Pierce. It's just thank a you. tremendous same, honor. Same to you. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you again, everyone, for joining us here. We will be back on the next episode, of course. Actually, on the next episode, I have Felicia Bender, numerologist. So I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are.